Hello. Hello and welcome to our lovely, lovely little podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all about all about the future of AI and the future of our worlds. It's brilliant. Um, mm. uh, hello, hello, Ruby, co-host. How are Hi, you? Dad. <laughs> Lovely to talk Sounds to you. Uh, both oh. me and uh, Papa had a, a gig last night and we haven't debriefed each other yet, so we thought we would share the debrief with you. Um, so, Dad, how did your gig go last night? Well, um, my, my gig went very well. I had um, a lovely MC um, uh, at... Oh, just in case, um, stand-up uh, gig. We both did stand-up. Oh, yes, we both did stand-up. And I was, I, was, uh, I was trying out some stuff about how to explain how uh, a little kid uh, with an inappropriately posh name, Leslie... Mm. I'm not posh. Uh, oh, you may this sounds familiar. Is this, is this about you? It's about me. How did I grow up to be a professor who works in AI? Because I was born in the 60s and there was no, no tech around then. It was... Welcome to the 60s. Yeah, I know. So, so that, was, that was a fun story to do. I liked, I liked telling that story. Yeah, and uh, had, uh, was it nice? Was it good? It was it was it was a lovely time. I love I love the gig, love um, and I, I love the people who were there. That's why Aww. I do stand up. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. How about you? How was your gig? Thank you. Uh, well, I was opening, and don't you just love opening at a Monday night show? <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to go I, with some new. I was going to talk about you on stage. I was going, I had ready, I had a couple of lines ready of being like, I'm going to try this. Um, and yeah. then I got up there and I, I basically, I chickened out because I was like, oh, I've got to, I'm going to warm up this crowd. <laughs> so I was just I like, ah, come on. Basically trying to make a Monday night for like a Friday night. Be like, yeah. But it was really, it, you know, it was good it, fun. It, it, it was actually, I mean, it, it, it was it was quite a cold Monday night crowd in the in the emotional ooh, sense, but it was also flipping cold. I was sitting right at the back by the door, and I couldn't feel my hands by the time oh, well, I that went to the Oh, well, that doesn't help. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I, I was nice and toasty and warm, but no, yeah, it was really it was a nice gig. But I'm really annoyed that I chickened out from trying out my new because I was I just chickened out. So I really wanted to give that a go. Um, but oh well, that's fine. Otherwise, lovely juggling. Uh, collect, collect. What was your new about? It was about you. I just told you. Oh, oh no, you were just like you were just there being like you knew already, but you were like, oh my goodness. Um, so what was your new about? <laughs> like, like I don't know. Ugh. Of course, I'm talking about <laughs> your dad. Oh well, that's a very that's very kind of you. That's very <laughs> kind of you. Well, very kind of me. You don't know what I'm saying yet. <laughs> oh no no in in my business uh, any citation is a good citation <laughs> <laughs> oh lovely so we've but we had a we this has been a brilliant week as well because we had a fantastic new guest this Wait, time not yet what? yeah uh, no before this like yes i'm excited for the guest but i told you there was something i wanted to tell you about my day at work Oh, okay. Well, let's do that first then. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot 
this podcast is actually all about you. Go on. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm mentioning on stage. Everyone <laughs> thinks you're lovely, but actually, you're just as sassy as me. <laughs> actually. Okay. Well, actually, go on. <laughs> well, no, this is the thing I wanted to say. Basically, uh, so in... Um, I'm a, uh, during the day, I'm a TA and I uh, help out at school. At the school, I love helping out in maths lessons. Um, I ask the, I, I ask all the time to be put into extra maths lessons. I think they're great. And I, <laughs> the um, year seven maths teacher for the top set wasn't in today. And so they had teachers come in and try and cover who uh, didn't know the answers to the questions. So they kept looking at me being like, is that the right answer? And I was stood at the side of the room, very smug, being like, yes, that's correct. And then my favorite moment happened, Dad. Oh, it was amazing. So um, the teacher, who's not a maths teacher, looked at the board and went, oh, this one's easy. Uh, what is the square root of 144? And he turned to the class and the class went 12. And he went, yeah, correct. And he went to move on. And I put up my little hand, like the little devil I am. was you like, actually, I think you're going to say, did you? You're I not going to say. Did anyone? And I looked at the class and I was like, I'm looking back. I'm like, oh, I'm such an <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> I look back at the class. I'm like, did anyone write down the second answer for that? And they were like, what? <laughs> positive 12 and negative 12 ah! <laughs> i can't believe my daughter the maths nerd oh. <laughs> also that's the equivalent in computing classes of someone going excuse me i think you'll find you missed a semicolon off the end there <laughs> that is that is that is technically right and um, was the teacher pleased with your input? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I don't care, I think is what you're saying. <laughs> Look, I, I was loving the moment. The, that, year, that class, quite a lot of the time, goes, Miss, you're a genius. And I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what my ego needs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, well done. I'm glad. glad that I managed to tell you that you didn't just steamroll over it. <laughs> well, it would have been a shame, wouldn't it? I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that you're making teaching work out so well for you. <laughs> oh, so okay. Okay. Now, Dad, now you may tell us about the excellent guest and the excellent record we have ahead of us now. Well, this was a lot of fun. Um, so our guest is uh, Professor Dave DeRaw. Uh, who is at Oxford University. Although he wasn't when I first met him, he was my boss for, yes. my, uh, for my second job. I, uh, when, I, when I graduated from university, I came back to the university after working um, in industry for nine months. Uh, <laughs> I, I, came, I came back um, to be a, a programmer in the, uh, what was at the time, the computing group. Hmm. Uh, then the computing department, uh, and then the electronics and computer science department. But my first boss was Dave DeRaw, who was who's about um, a year older than me. He was in the year above me. 
um, and uh, we were both we were both programming, doing PhDs together. And now he's at university. And now he's at he's at Oxford. And he's this brilliant guy because he's always been a, a computer scientist who um, who loves music and mm. who loves art. And so he's really into into that whole you know sort of the whole thing that that's more than tech. You know, what do you use tech for? So he's a bassist, he's a jazz player. Um, Which we and get into this... in the podcast, we chat a lot. It's, it's, yeah, that's you'll, right. you'll get why, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, and I, I, really, I really love this conversation. Um, it's, uh, and it gets the heart of what we wanted, which is how can, how can um, AI actually make our world better? How can, why are we thinking about what we're doing wrong at the moment? And so, um, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, and I hope you really enjoy it. Yeah. Hope you enjoy. Bye. <laughs>
deploy them. You know, this is the world we're talking about. Brilliant. I, yes, I would yes. say we're already there, but um, um, increasingly we're going to have AI in our you know, cars, homes, bodies, <laughs> everywhere. Um, and we need to be figuring out what it means to be a, a, a creative human in that context, creative, subversive, lots of you know, really important human issues to look at. As long as the research is focused on how do we replace this thing, we're not addressing those. I come at this through music, and music is, um, I, I would say, a fantastic rehearsal for living in the moment with the AI. So the things we're doing with music involve a composer or a performer interacting, co-creating with the AI. To me, that's a rehearsal for, for our future life. So that's that's my perspective on, on AI and humans. Right. So in that situation, you said the composer, the performer, and the AI. What's the AI's role in that? Song. Uh, kind of um, um, an, an equal friend, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the sense that, um, for example, in the composer scenario, um, the, the the composer. I mean, I've got a very good, good example of this. Um, I have a, a PhD student who's at the Von Orban College of Music, who's produced music on the, on this basis. Um, he trained an AI on his own music. He then prompted it with a piece of music, a fragment, it comes back as a response, yeah. generating something new. He then responds to that, and they to and fro in order to co-create. Like so it's like it literally co-creation. No, there's, no, there's no hierarchy <laughs> in, in this relationship. Um, and for me, this is it's really interesting because I think it takes humans to a new place. And, and, and for me, I'm looking for AI to be disruptive a bit so we can embrace that disruption and at least some new creativity. Um, I, I want think I want people to be able to be surprised by new pieces of music. Yeah. So that's the composer, the performer thing, classically, I confess at this point I am a, a jazz bass player, uh, is um, is is the improvisation. So actually interacting in real time with the AI, you play yeah. something it responds. It's classic improvisation. Oh, fantastic. So, I mean, so I, I have to say, I mean, this is a podcast, so no one can see, but I have to say your your hair has grown to become that of a jazz bass player. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Absolute yes. congratulations. Get my lockdown locks. <laughs> but, but I think this is, fan, this is fantastic because the, the direction that AI has turned has very much been... Um, you know, sort of is managed to become so successful at looking human by basically mimicking everything every human has ever done before. So it's the kind of like the antithesis of creativity, isn't it? It's, it can, it's so good at language because it's just looking at all the sentences that everyone has ever said on the internet ever. And so and just sort of repeating those ad nauseum. So I think this is, this is fantastic. So how, uh, what do you see in music that lets you get a, how, has music escaped from that thing of just trying to, you know, sort of recreate all of the... Uh, yeah, I, I, so certainly the area I work in um, and the people I'm working with are sort of contemporary classical, new, new classical music, um, and also in jazz. Um, that's pretty much escaped. <laughs> um but uh, if you look online to find out about people doing AI music, you will find a lot of automatically generated Bach or Chopin or Beethoven, <laughs> um, because that's it's a very popular example of how good AI is. Um, and it, it is interesting, as you say, about what you train on, because um, 
that's something we play with. We, we train the AI with specific things. You could have a specific composer or a specific year or all sorts, rather than just all music. Um, yeah. Another thing we can do is, is, is free ourselves up from this sort of, of being stuck in the Western canon, which happens way too much. And we can, we can do music across the planet or, you know, let's say on other planets as well. I mean, let's let's, let's <laughs> well, uh, And perhaps one of the things that saved you is copyright law because um, music companies absolutely do not let the, the you know sort of um, works of music and the uh, out uh, freely onto the onto onto the internet in the way that um, in the way that written works written works uh, exist and so perhaps you perhaps music has been forced down music AI has been forced down another another channel I don't know yeah no, that's re- that's very relevant in two ways um, I mean one of the, one of the reasons people look at AI and music is to generate royalty free music so when you're in the lift. Or the superstore, uh, um, or listening to that video on um, YouTube, then the, 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 that that might have been um, you know, or, theme music that's been generated, or indeed the um, the theme music for a podcast. Yeah, indeed that could happen. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> so, about the, it afterwards. But otherwise, what you what you say about copyright, um, you know, digital rights management, the, the whole you know, the, the music industry the performers the composers all rely on 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 those um, flows of um money from of commissions of, from the performances and um uh, yeah uh how does ai fit into that world is, is a great question and if you train on something on, on some body of music what is what are the rights to that that trained data set that you might then share with other people these are important questions we're ten- i'm tending to work without a copyright material <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, I have what? to ask what. Oh, what, go on, Ruby. Thank you. I want to know what genre of music does AI do best? Like, well, if you go like, ah! Well, I love it when the world sounds like that yeah. I know it's loaded with an excellent answer. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, 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 this is a really, it's a really great question um, because it enables me to be all musicological <laughs> and say, well, at any given moment in history, um, there's been a relationship between new technologies and the music that's being created, whether it's new kinds of instruments, whether it's um, new ways of, of people engaging with each other. And, and um, therefore, what AI does best is a new genre of music, which is kind of AI music. Of course, that, that's, that's oh. good. And, and it exists. Um, there are various little little things that AI tends to do, which we recognize. And um, even now, humans are mimicking. So I'm pretty convinced uh, we, we do have a sort of AI music genre. But in terms of, um, you know, is it better at classical? Is it better at jazz? Is it better at hip hop? Um, in terms of um, the music, I don't think there's, um, I don't, I don't, oh, we should, we should, we should think about this, but, um, okay. So the thing about classical, <laughs> there's an overall form and structure to it. So if something happens at some point in time, um, it leaves listeners who are, who are used to classical music expecting something to happen later, like a re- repeat of this structure, or we've changed from one key to another, we're probably going to change back. AI is really forgetful. It only remembers the last few bars. So it tends to wander off all over the place. So the answer to your question is jazz. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not it's not very good at the structure or in the trade yeah. long term depend long range dependency Motifs and stuff and coming yeah. back it just wants yeah. to yeah, that'll get fixed but at the moment that's how you tell the difference oh wow that's fantastic well well um there will be um uh, along with this this episode of the podcast uh, there will be um, further things for you to go away and read. We'll put some. We'll, there'll be some links on our podcast website, so we'll we'll point you at uh, some of the stuff that that uh, Professor Duror is referring to. Uh, and I, I can't wait to can't wait to go out and try it. Perhaps we'll have. Perhaps we'll start the uh, the top ten of of AI music classics. Now that's <laughs> I call AI. Someone must have done that already. Tell me, someone's done that already. What was that? That's... Now that's what I call AI. Yes. Um, possibly. I, I've, I've often been trying to think of what the AI versions of songs that I play would be. Um, so, like, like in, in the jazz world, um, uh, body and soul becomes body and soul of an artificial consciousness. <laughs> all, all the things you are becomes all the things AI. Um, <laughs> And this one is information. So there's a the jazz standard. What is what is this thing called love, which we generally have referred to as what's this thing called love, <laughs> which now becomes what's this AI called love. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, I don't know. Out of that genre of pop, um, village people, YMCA. I have this vision of YMCA AI. Yeah. Yeah. robot eye running onto the stage and do, doing that, that other oh. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. And that that's now become a that's now become a career goal for we. Why the AI? Oh, that that is. Um, Sounds like the sequel to this, doesn't it? Oh, I'm just I'm just thinking as well. Um, There's loads of musicals. AI of the Opera by AI Lloyd Webb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, let us move from talking about um, Dave Duror and his area of research to talking about um, what you think would be a really interesting addition to, I suppose, the canon of AI, the, the yeah. um, you know, sort of our repertoire of, of yeah. AI imagination. Yes. So, I'm going, to, so uh, I'm going to hand over to Ruby as the AI question master now. Thank you. So... First of all, we have to imagine a scenario where you are the director, CEO, um, big boss of a brand new of a new of a startup that has produced the first full general AI. What sector does your AI work in? Is it in arts, business, charity, education, energy, finance, health, law, leisure, <laughs> media, politics? I don't know why I said all of them. I don't know. <laughs> It might be the first one. <laughs> it, it definitely, it definitely touches on on, on arts, um, yeah. but probably education, um, leisure. Uh, yeah. Well, as we are making the world a better place. Yes. Yeah, as I know from filling out arts council um, um, funding <laughs> forms, the arts have to educate. Exactly. <laughs> You're educating them. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so it's in the arts. Uh, well, what does it do within the arts? Can you think of a quick way of summarising it within the arts? Yeah, so for, for my, my thing, my AI foo, is a, it's a creative music assistant that's generating music as required or, or sometimes possibly 
has not required, but we can come back to that. So what it isn't is a playlist generator. Pe people are walking around, yeah. with headphones on, in, um, listening to music. And I regard that as kind of a passive um, delivery of that music. What I want is is something that's going to respond creatively to the situation. And, and um, you know, we could be absolutely embedded in a, a music context. So, you know, the bass player doesn't turn up for a gig. Obviously, that would never happen. Um, so then this thing is, um, is is your standing bass player. It has a clear clear role. It's a bit, bit replacement-y. Yeah. Um, but as, assisting people with piano lessons or guitar practice, uh, you know, a, 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 critical, a critical listening AI friend, um, using it to improvise with, using it to create new songs. So it's, it's part of the creative process, the way we've, we've been talking about it. I want it to be embodied, and I know this or situated, I, this is going into your next question, Ruby. Yeah. Um, so, we, so, so that we sort of have a vision of this, it, it needs to be in an object that you can carry around with you and put it in places to listen and, and to interact with you. I want you to be able to loan it to people. I want you to be able to gift it. Um, um, but how it's embodied would be would be arbitrary. So you know, uh, for the jazz, the missing jazz bass player is obviously embodied as a, a pint of beer or something like that. <laughs> um, um, but it could be a loudspeaker, it could be a recorder, it could be um, um, piano keyboard, it could be your pet, it could be your robot, whatever. So I actually see it as something that is it it, it, it does have a physical presence, but we can we can choose that, and that matters. That's to do with the yeah. How interact with it and what the affordances of this of this AI are. So that, oh. that, that, that's it. It's a thing. <laughs> when, I, when I was young, I remember listening to, I think at, at school, there was this story that they broadcast on the radio, I think. It's called Sparky's Magic Piano. Sparky's Magic Piano. As you started saying that, Les, that, that phrase came to my mind as well. I think I've got that on, um, I once had that on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Now, what is Sparky's Magic Piano? Sparky. Um, it's probably online somewhere. It was a thing. It's obviously influenced both of us very deeply, and that's why we're here today. <laughs> it probably was, someone went back in time and put it there. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a, as I remember it, it was about a boy who was, you know, sort of who was performing, you know, and he had a piano, he had a piano that was magic and, and then it turned out he could play anyway. You know, it's one of those stories that, oh, that okay. helped him to play and then he didn't need it anymore. It turned out the magic was inside of him all along. That kind of vibe. So that, that's a really good way of describing my thing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, copyright foils us again. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just, read, I'm just reading. Uh, so here's the Sparky's Magic Piano plot summary. Sparky is a young child who hates practicing the piano. One day he expresses his dislike for practicing. The piano talks to him and tells him that he will show him what it is like to play the piano well and that all Sparky has to do is run his fingers over the keys and the piano will play whatever Sparky chooses. Sparky then amazes his mother with his playing. She calls his piano teacher. The two adults decide to book concerts over the country with Sparky as a solo pianist. Sparky insists that he must take his own piano to all his concerts and his mother agrees. However, the piano will only play for Sparky for a limited time. It's just like Zoom, isn't it? <laughs> His biggest concert in New York after he finishes his repertoire and the audience requests an encore, time runs out. 
Sparky begs the piano to play, but it does not respond, and Sparky is reduced to banging helplessly at the keys. He hears his mother calling him, and he awakens and finds himself at home. It then becomes <laughs> apparent to the listener and to Sparky that the entire experience was a dream. Oh! But it has given Sparky a new appearance, appreciation of the piano, and he vows to keep <laughs> practicing until he can play as well as he did in his dream. Well, I think we know how we would edit that story. <laughs> yeah. I think that he heard his mother calling to him, turn it off and on again <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh, that's great thank you les that explains so much about my life now <laughs> but I, so so it's so have we agreed it's going to be embodied in a piano then is that is that, the... that that's definitely one of the embodiments a pint of beer is another one and your pet those are my favorite well, it felt like I, in my head when you were describing it, i was like oh it sounds like a pocket magician no not magician sorry pocket Musician. Pocket <laughs> musician, yes. I mean, magical, sure. So maybe it's just something that, like, um, like, could, wait, would it only play the piano or could it also do, like you said, like maybe you need to opt in for the drum? Could you what, what, plug it in on the. Um... One of the scenarios, um, if, if we treat this as like everyday objects can have this AI embedded in them, mm. um, is that you'll just be interacting, you know, everything is a musical instrument. So you'll just be interacting with the world as you interact with things. You're you're essentially playing this 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 set of instruments, and they're playing with you. Wow, uh, that's the, that's a kind of extreme scenario. <laughs> yeah. so is it? So it feels like it's a it's a more of a music teacher, or is it something that's just finding the music in every day and being like, oh hey, can you hear this? And like tapping things out, or like um... it can definitely be a music teacher. Um, I like the idea of it. It, it, picking up on, on the everyday because I, I kind of see it as um, it can compose the soundtrack to your to your life. Oh, which I love. <laughs> when you're walking down the street and the perfect yeah. walking song comes on in your playlist, like when you didn't even try for it, and it's like, oh, this day feels powerful. Yeah, <laughs> like, so so it can empower people by. Hope, so this is also where it goes wrong. Inappropriate soundtracks um, oh. is the danger. <laughs> Maybe it leaves you feeling self-righteous, being like, yeah, I did the right thing, when really like, <laughs> just like, I don't know, hit a cat with your car. <laughs> You're like, like oh, really empowering. <laughs> All of a sudden. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, how would they, I mean, I guess that would be one of the things as a general AI, that it would, it would be able to sense the tone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Read the room. Read the room. <laughs> Yeah. Do, do do musicians have that when you're playing jazz? Do you have this concept of reading the room like you have when you're performing comedy? Yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot of awareness of of, of the audience, and um, it's really. I, I, do you have this with comedy? You haven't got the room there when you're rehearsing. So the difference between rehearsal and the room is huge. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think you very much misunderstood. Um, we don't rehearse in comedy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we can. I'm only pretending that we're rehearsing jazz, man. <laughs> but you're right. The audience always gives you something extra. Like, because if I was just stood in this room practicing my set or my jokes, it's not the same. But it's the um, it's the thing of like having not having that fourth wall experience and same thing as your audience and being able to bounce off of them and feel their energy and know how much they want, which I think must feel very similar to a magician. Muse. And how, how, how do you find that works with um, 
over Zoom rather than in an actual physical situated embodied room? Well, I've done one Zoom gig. Uh, I think, Dad, you've done a couple of Zoom gigs. I've you? done three or four. Yeah. Um, I think the, reading the screen work. The, the, the interesting thing that Zoom adds to it is that you're now, uh, although the, the bandwidth is less and that it's much more chunky, you can see more than three people in the front row. Yeah. And... Three people in your gigs. <laughs> I'm always pleased when the audience outnumbers the band, which isn't very often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But you don't have the band sitting in the audience and coming up to play one at a time. I think we're, I think we're on a... <laughs> um, but the second thing is, all of a sudden, you're seeing them in their home environment. Mm. Oh, yeah. And you're riffing not just with them, but potentially with their decor. <laughs> it's, um, I found it, because I move a lot when I'm on stage. I move a lot. And so all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't move further than this box that I'm in on the screen. So I've ended up playing a lot with moving the camera when I did my Zoom gigs, just pulling it in and like messing. And I've seen lots of other Zoom comics, um, well, comics who've done Zoom gigs, playing with like the green screen effect and things like that, which is like very smart. And it's just, as you say, like uh, it's the the human element of coming rather than just going, this is your new format, go. It's Mm -hmm. like people have come in and thought how to mess with it. Yeah, um, and which is that's a lot how a lot of art like you said earlier you were like yeah. how ai will make we want you want ai to come in and make mistakes yeah. while creating art. Want to embrace the disruption absolutely and that's often how the best art is created in mistakes and in errors and finding those yeah. things which clash and don't work and forcing them to work together um which i think is really interesting so, so this, this is fantastic because what you're opening up is so that for many people they imagine, oh, AI and music, oh, that'll be like Sparky's piano, it'll just be playing very cleverly. Whereas actually what we're talking about is being sensitive to mood and situation and context. And the idea just makes me think, wouldn't it be fantastic, you know, sort of riffing off my Twitter stream, the Twitter stream, you know, instead of having all of that depression coming up, you know, so we, we could have an AI that was that was bringing something, bringing something else to the experience. Anyway, that that's just amazing. Thanks very much. It's, I'm sorry, back to you, Ruby, <laughs> question you. master. Okay. Um... Also, oh, I keep wanting to say this. And I'm just going to break. Dave, have you watched? Um, it's called on Netflix. What was it? Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Um, no, I obviously should. I mean, I have watched many things involving robots and AI on Netflix. Well, yeah. So this one, it's like a whole cartoon. But I just feel, just from our conversation, there's this one that's been stuck in my head. And I've been meaning to. But on the last one of season one, which is called Zima Blue, Dad, do you remember this one? Yes, yes. One, and it's about. Uh, it's it's just a brilliant little robot that creates art. It's a brilliant robot that creates art, and it's like this whole story of it creating this art, and then coming, it's really good. I I do I recommend everyone watch it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, it, it sticks in my head, and I always like I think about, it and it's been stuck in my head today. Um, lovely, cool. Okay, so we're creating. It's um, an AI, which I'm imagining is like you know, um, not a headphone jack. But you know when you plug in like um, microphones and especially into like all musical instruments have that plug in. 
I'm imagining it plugs into like it looks like that. It's just a little plug into a either instruments. But then you said everyday objects could also be used as instruments, like drums and stuff. Yeah. So I, 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 you're absolutely right. So I think it um, it needs to be familiar to the at least starters being familiar to the people who are using it. So in the music context, it might be a music instrument. But yeah, I'm I'm into everyday objects. Um, yeah. Uh, the the um the, 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 this this coffee cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, I think that's we interact with the digital world is it's through the physical world. Yeah, you see, this is kind of crazy. We're sitting at this thing called a computer with a keyboard and a screen and all that. I, no, we're just <laughs> going to be stuff will happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have this object that helps find the music that's missing in a scenario. That's is that a fair summary. Yeah, and it's it's creating that music rather than looking up a particular song yeah. from your favourite streaming provider. So it could either join in with a band that's missing its bass mm-hmm. player mm-hmm. or provide the soundtrack or the, yeah. the filling to your day while you're walking or doing something or doing this. It adds that missing sense, <laughs> fills that missing sense that um, it's not being uh, added to. Why are you laughing, Dad? I'm I'm just thinking that the 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 perhaps the slightly negative way of thinking about that is sort of um, the combination of Siri and autocorrect. But if you would hum, so if you had Siri just humming at you <laughs> <laughs> as you were doing this, um, I'm quite interested in you know the interactions between this and Siri or Alexa when they start doing you know. Freestyling. <laughs> oh, humming. Uh, I, I don't. It's just a thing that kids do in schools. That one mm. of them will start humming, and then the rest will start, and then they'll be like, "Who's humming?" And they'll be like, mm, <laughs> "Well, that's a great scenario for my embodied AI objects yeah. that could now hum as well." <laughs> they start doing that. I'm going to put them in timeout. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but no, yeah, okay. So it's doing that. Uh, we've discussed that it should be... I, I feel like it needs to be something that can fit in your pocket then, but we haven't quite decided what it's shaped. It doesn't feel like something that's already existing or go into, but it, something that can fit in pocket and be... Maybe something that's just... List, like something, Yeah, pocket size and exists. And it can plug into things, but also yeah. not just your instruments, like anything. Yeah, well. yeah, it, it plays in all sorts of odd ways. And I mean, this is sort of looking at the downsides of it. The um, if if I'm playing in a band and um, <laughs> the guitar, the guitarists come with lots of effects pedals to do various things, but one of those is is the loop pedal. And oh, that's yeah. terrifying because you know that at some point in this gig, that the guitarist is going to play something. His foot's going to go down, or her foot's going to go down on that pedal, and there's some repetition is going to occur, and we all have to respond to this crazy piece of technology that suddenly occurred that's probably slightly out of time. Um, so yeah. I, I, I live in terror of that bit of technology arriving in a gig. Um, so I don't want my my embodied AI sparky thing to yeah. <laughs> uh, to be that terrifying for the other musicians. This is an important sort of. Uh, Okay. Uh, ethical and moral point about it. It's it's all about sharing the light rather than yeah, having the absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, 
but that 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 sounds that just sounds like you're in a you know sort of you're you're in a comedy club somewhere um you're on the bill and then suddenly the missing spot you know sort of someone comes in and they're a tv comedian and then everyone's thinking oh no i've I've got to keep up with this it's (laughs) is it just that thing of having you know sort of something that's that's going to up your game or that's or that's going to potentially make you look bad is that what that's interesting so it ups your game in the it's certainly in the educational context that's it, it it um it listens, it gives you feedback. It's, it's being machine listening. Um, so, uh, you absolutely don't want any feedback off it. That would, <laughs> that would be a terrible it, thing to have in your music. It, it's really interesting about the gig, isn't it? Because you do respond to the other players. If you've got a new amazing player comes into the, the band, and it does, you do up your game. So I, I, th- I think it, it might be a nice way it could up your game. Yeah, <laughs> like when I play chess online, like against yeah. an AI, and it like goes, "Oh, okay, you're this level of chess. Oh, uh, I'll down myself." Just, just, just at the right level to make sure you have a good time and improve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, have we decided? Have you? Are we going with Sparky as a name? As as, as long as it isn't copyright, yeah. But then it wasn't after the name of the kid rather than the piano. But are we being inspired? Oh, oh gosh, we're in a Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> and you have just beaten us, Ruby. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a really good question about sort of agency. And I, I, but maybe um, maybe Sparky was an AI. I, I, there's all sorts of analysis we could do here. Oh, my God. That really was it, it, it was a dream, or was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That makes it very scary. Um, okay, so probably, uh, okay, so we're going to call it Sparky. So Sparky. Um, now, the next thing um, is us getting a little bit of Sparky's personality, um, which I've stolen from Sims 2. Uh, oh, right. A very classic game from my childhood. Um, so I'm going to choose three of them, uh, and we're going to see whereabouts they sit on the scale, because it'll be two opposites and then uh, whereabouts are they are they like all the way on one end all the way on the other or like somewhere in the middle so let's see this, this one well that one's of it uh okay between <laughs> serious and playful because uh, I, I i um uh, uh, towards playful because I'm looking for the disruption and the creativity but when it's in um, uh, analysing your violin bowing mode it might be quite serious uh, yeah yeah. so I, well, maybe like on a scale of 1 to 10 if like 1 is down in the serious zone and 10 is up in the playful zone I'm putting it at 7 incidentally there is a scale like this when you're programming AIs that one of the parameters you can set is called temperature it kind of gets more creative. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dad, why didn't you tell me about this? So temperature. <laughs> temperature. Oh, whether it's hot or cold, like nice to you. Ah, oh, it's very Katy Perry. <laughs> Love it. Temperature. Uh, cool. Seven. Um, okay, then let's say the next one. Uh, ooh. Let's say uh, lazy. To active, 
Yeah, well, this is going to depend on the genre. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, mm, yes, gosh. So I think in some of the scenarios we talked about, it's definitely active. When it's, when it's being the bass player or the tuba or something, I've just chosen those because they're monophonic instruments and they're easier to do with an AI. Um, then it's it's um, it's going to be have to be active enough. Yeah. Um, but some of those other scenarios, sort of the soundtrack to your life thing, where you don't want it to be interfering with you, you're playing inappropriate soundtrack, then um, it could be a bit lazy. I'm erring. I'm erring towards active. I can see where this is going. Yeah, erring towards active. Yeah, I think so. So, like on a scale of one to ten. Do you reckon like one being lazy, ten being active? I go for seven. What did I go for the last one? Seven. seven. Oh, God. I mean, okay. <laughs> great number. Cool. And then the last one I've chosen is between studious and people oriented. Oriented. Oh, a great one. And oh. yeah. Every going... I say it wrong. How do I say it? Orient. Oriate. Oriate. I, I can't say oriented? it. Oriented. <laughs> Right? Like people people focused. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going for quite people focused at this point. Um, so I'm nine. Nine. <laughs> Strong on the people oriented point. Yeah. Like it, it needs like, to be studious enough to be disruptive. Yeah. No, yeah, it needs to, well, yeah, it's taking in its surroundings and seeing yeah. rather than studying yeah. the art. And as you said, it yeah. needs to make some mistakes to make it's beautiful, beautiful pieces. Nice. Okay. Um, so what do you think is the, how will it change the world? Uh, it will cause us to hear some new music, um, that whole new AI genre that we were talking about earlier. And yeah. for me, hearing new music is, is a good thing. And, and you know, when did you last hear something surprising? Is my question to you in music, <laughs> um, and so it will help us, uh, you know, yeah, creatively explore new, surprising, disruptive, interesting, exciting areas. It'll be it'll be surprising, a little bit disruptive. That's a good thing. <laughs> I think I remember the the piece of music I remember hearing, and then going, "Wow, this sounds like nothing else." I'm so amazed by this. Was uh, Lady Gaga's Poker Face. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> a long time ago. But I remember... But have, like, have you been surprised since then? Well, no, exactly. I haven't been... Like, everything <laughs> sounded... Like, that was, like, I remember a turning point, being like, oh, this is so strange. Um, <laughs> but then also, I've heard that, like, the you don't want to be too surprised in... Well, I know, you're the expert. I've heard that you don't want to be too surprised because if it comes out of nowhere, it won't, it's not a payoff. Like you need to feel it coming. That's why they have like motifs and like things, right? So like, you know, like, oh, I feel this coming and then it comes and that's like the, why you always get the chorus coming back. Oh, I think it's a a really good point because what's happening with a lot of AI music, not all, Hmm. at the moment is it's highly human curated um, because the human, um, the composer, the let's say curator it's a good word um knows about that stuff (laughs) it knows about the overall uber narrative of the piece of music and and how to make it work in a way the ai hasn't quite got that that longer term structure yet i i'm anticipating that that we'll be able to do that do you think any music has already been created by ai that's in our top 10 
Oh, then you're going to get into the definition of what is AI. So <laughs> has, has any of it been created by algorithms? Yes. Yeah. Has any of it been generated using algorithms that used a random number generator, or should we say stochastic approaches? Probably. Yeah. A bit. Um, what's the difference between an AI and something you're doing stochastically? That's another question. Um, but uh, but sort of AI as in we've trained this thing on lots of music and it's generating some stuff. Um, there's definitely music out there that does that. Is it in the top 10? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. And then what do you think is the... So if it's filling in for like every day, at the moment we're like in my head, when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about like my every day and the every day of the people around me and just like normal, what you expect every day. How could this like, what if this was playing in, I don't know, a hospital? Like if this had like had tapped into like a hospital, someone had it there. Yeah. How will it um, work while, it, like what will it do when it's in somewhere that's both create like, got a very dramatic thing going on i i think that's a brilliant scenario um uh in terms of you know it's, and it's got some some signals to uh to respond to as well it might have some physiological signals about your state of health that, yeah that, that, <laughs> i think that's a that, that's actually um you know, you should come with me and help pitch for the money for this <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that's that's a fantastic scenario, Wait, and then people that... could interact with it as well, and then you could have a whole ward of people with these things, sparkies, a ward of sparkies, and um, they could form a, a sparky orchestra. Yeah, well, it's because I I used to have um well a friend of mine used to she uh, volunteers at like Radio Lollipop, which is a radio channel for children, the children's ward and hospitals. And so it's lots of fun. It's the music that they want to hear. And so that like cheers them up and things. And it's lovely and they, um, it's a fun time. But then I'm like, if you had like this connected in, like number one, would it listen to like all the sounds of the machines and create something off that? And mm. it'd be like, ooh, that's fun. Or mm. is it going to take the mood of a room? And like, will it, for example, will it add to someone's, if someone's like in a, let's say someone, will it, enhance someone's mood or try and change someone's mood like when it chooses its music when it's like oh this person is sad at the moment let's play something that's gonna move them into a happy zone which could also be very annoying so i, I think we'd have to do uh, the appropriate clinical trials to to in investigate this but that that scenario that sort of that health scenario and also well-being in general i think I think one of the product lines from this company definitely has to go there. Yeah. <laughs> then, well, music is used a lot, and like I use it to improve my mood, or it's mm. used as a, a well being thing. And I know lots of people have a song that's like, this is the song that cheers me up when I'm feeling rubbish. So I think it, it for me, it instantly I went in my head of like, oh, this yeah. is going to improve my mood and my days. And, and does that work with comedy as well? If you had an automatic, an AI stand up comedian in the hospital ward, <laughs> How would that go? Oh my goodness! Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> Not having this guy steal my spots. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I was just comparing this. I was thinking, isn't isn't this strange that about how you you're suggesting that this could work with music? Because no one suggested this kind of approach with text. 
It's just GPT-3. We'll recreate you some documents from start to finish. No, no, get out of the way. We're just going to do a million of these, and they're all going to be convincing. But there's, you know, there's no sense, no sense that anyone's helping us write a novel or create a short story or imagine something new. Absolutely. It's it's why I'm interested in these these things learn from what they're listening to. And you have some control over that because they're physical things you can pick up. So you could go and stick it in a certain place where there's some music playing and then it would learn some of that music. Um you as a, give it to friends, you've loan it to someone or whatever. So so instead of it just having all the music on the internet already available to it, you yeah. are you know tuning it as it were, um, and um, that becomes part of the creative process. And we have done some of that with text. So um, in a in 2019 in the Barbican, um, there was a production called Alter, uh, done with the Centre for Practices and Research in Science and Music. So themed around Ada Lovelace, that's a whole other story I'd love to tell you. Um, but this, this music was sort of co-created with AI in, 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 in multiple ways, but the text that was sung was also created by AI, and it was the voice in text of uh, Ada Lovelace. And to do that, we didn't use you know, an AI trained on Reddit or Wikipedia, because that isn't the right language for Ada Lovelace, although it is intriguing in a time travel TARDIS kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So instead, we trained the AI on 19th century correspondence. <laughs> um, and, um, and then we created this ghost Ada Lovelace. And, and you know, it, um, I'm anthropomorphizing here, but uh, she was great to interact with. We prompt her, she'd say really good things. Um, uh, we human created that and um, did a bit, more, a bit more time travel on it, and that became the libretto. It was really interesting creating ghosts of historical characters, training it on the literature they would have had, the personal library they would have had, and so on. Um, so th- th- this is kind of a creative response to this. But as you say, it's not about having everything on the, the internet in there. It's something a bit more nuanced. Than that. <laughs> mm. Fantastic. So many new ideas here. Yeah. I I think it's nice because we've also often talked about like what data are you going to input into this AI, like to, to train it? Like what, how do you make sure you put the right stuff in? But you're saying like, no, no, <laughs> we're not going to put anything and we're not going to give it any like. No, we're we're going to choose. Um, it can have its own experiences and you know, we can um, put it into other people's. Um, rooms, heads, libraries, um, music collections. Um, and um, that, that idea about sort of going back over the archives is really interesting as well. So you can train your AI on a point in history. Yeah. The, the whole time travel dimension here is quite interesting. That'd be really cool. Oh. And, okay, let's let's get crazy. Um, <laughs> can we... Okay, the, the, can we <laughs> um, uh, use this to... Um, find missing pieces of music or genres, sort of like extinct music? Can we do de-extinction? Can we rewild the music ecosystem with time travel of this spark through the archives? This is fascinating. (laughs) I was going to ask you, I was going to say the problem with going back to the archives and taking personal letters, there's just not enough of them Mm. to do, to train you know, sort of the latest, you know, sort of um, the latest um, textual AIs. Yeah. They require huge volumes of material. 
and it yeah. just and the idea that oh well you could you could backfill it with some of the things from the modern catalogue as it were the modern catalogue of speech or talk or, or whatever but that reminds me of that that huge plot point in um in a jurassic park where they they've got some of the dinosaurs dna but they they splice it with frog dna and that means that they can they can reproduce which they they weren't expecting and that's why that's why you have all the problems in so yeah. you know perhaps you, what you've created is not a ghost of ada lovelace but a ghost of ada lovelace plus something else haunted oh, by the modern day Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This kind of yes, and and uh, yeah. Okay. I need my literary colleagues here, here at this point to discuss um, Shelley and Frankenstein. Oh, that's fantastic. Which is you know all very relevant actually. What are the influences between those from a literary viewpoint is a subject of study. <laughs> so we're going to do our last question, which is our mandatory health and safety assessment risk. Um, so thing is, this is the first AI that we've created through this that hasn't been like in charge of um, like a life or death scenario of like it has to, like of like a big it's 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 there as you said for leisure for creating for enhancing the human experience. So like, what is the worst thing that could go wrong with this AI? Uh, I'm uh, my my theory about sort of our IT systems today is that as they get increasingly complicated, for example, multiple voice assistants in your house, um, things are going to go wrong uh, and, and, and they're unanticipated and they're self-organizing sort of emergent things. So I think it is the interaction between Sparky and Alexa. Um, and and because and because Alexa gives Sparky the ability to, you know, Order food. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when it gets interesting, I think. Um, and there's also, I mean, we've talked about humans being creative, but humans being subversive, or as, as, as you said, Les, humans um, sort of uh, you know, working around the edges of things. Uh, artists, you know, we always we always try to break things, um, you know, exploring those affordances. So um, it's how how does how do you break Sparky, how does someone interfere with what piece of music Sparky's going to play at your birthday party? <laughs> Those things have to be addressed as well. So I think we need a like a secure a threat a threat assessment as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it feels like the worst outcome is predominantly inappropriateness. Yes. Right. Um, um, and then well, or, or, or sort of um, uh, unanticipated nostalgia. I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Like the, the of course the 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 thing about the thing about about Sparky is it's very much uh, it's about creativity. It's divorced from the commercial plane, whereas um, Alexa is very much leaning into that. And so the the problem the interaction between the two of them may be a you know a, a surfeit of Adele that you. You may, you know, may try to put you in the mood to buy the latest commercial hits, you know, to, to make you feel sad. Break up with your partner. I must buy the new Adele album. We're all just our lives are just collateral to 
you know, sort of a premium purchase. <laughs> that goes on the risk register. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so that that all sounds quite low risk. Um, but you're, I mean, generally playing with people in music is plugging into people's emotions. And that can, you know, sort of that would, you know, you need to have some kind of mental health assessment before you're allowed to safely use Sparky. Is that what that means? Is is Sparky licensed to be in your car when you're driving? Oh, yeah. How, how, what what is that regulatory process? We've got to say Sparky cannot be like as moving. Like we've got to tone down the emotional balance. We've got to turn off the um empower like the empowerment song it it could detect um when you're going at more than 20 miles an hour and then it will just tone things down a bit you know a bit like pokemon go (laughs) (laughs) but are we actually if it's going to if we're making claims that it's going to change you know sort of people's states you know does it have to be clinically regulated is it like a drug. Yes, but it's the change people say it's in the same way that uh, your favourite streaming provider does, or when you're watching something and an advert appears, or you finish listening to the thing you wanted to, and the next program comes up. Do they need clinical oh. <laughs> approval? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, but those things as having a whose purpose is to make you. Yeah. To make your life better, to make you feel different. I don't know. We, perhaps we just have to frame it appropriately. Perhaps we have to yeah. we have to do that thing where you where you you know like they do like they do with um, with tablets and powders in Holland and Barrett. You know this you know sort of this will make you feel better, but not in a way that you will notice it. So that we. Need to... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, we've created tonight today um we've created uh sparky the pocket magician who is your personal musician, musician. Yes. i said musician said magician no i didn't <laughs> did i oh, i'm gonna have to listen back okay i listened back i said magician they're very similar words please stop yelling at me i'm sorry <laughs> back to the podcast okay i'll start <laughs> we've created sparky the pocket musician, thank you, uh, or your personal Hans Zimmerman um, to your life, uh, slash the missing jazz player um, yeah. who is obsessed with people and getting yeah. the right vibe for everyone. He's the vibe bringer. Um, he will have beef, though, with your Siri or Alexa um, if they try and mess around with him. Um, so, in the end of all that, do you think it's worth it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. I absolutely love this. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. And um, all the world's a stage um, and uh, all the men and women and AIs are merely players. I um, like it'd be so much fun but then also if you were like there's a thing if you were watching a play you know like movies plays everything they have music and like in the background they'll play music to like enhance the scene and stuff what if like everyone had their own headphones in and everyone got their own music to experience that story because everyone's going to have their own like 
connection to the piece. Oh my God. I see, I love this idea. <laughs> I, I really Silent disco, only socially acceptable. Yeah, silent disco, but for Shakespeare. It is, yeah, exactly that, yeah. And I think it's only a matter of time before what we're hearing is what, what's being injected digitally into our ears anyway. So. Yeah. The world is a silent disco. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, well, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this AI and this discussion. I think it's been brilliant. Papa? It absolutely has. It absolutely has. I think the, the whole idea of the podcast is to just to open up people's imaginations to different things that AI could do and different kinds of worlds that the AI could produce. Um, and you've certainly done that for me, Dave. Thanks. That, that's just brilliant. I've, Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for reminding me about Sparky. I'm going to go and read a bit about that. <laughs>